All right, gearheads, welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. We are excited to be bringing you some off-season motorsports talk. This is John Massengale sitting in the studio in Austin with my friends Jonathan Green and Les Kaiser. How are you, gentlemen? Okay, then. Doing great, doing great. Rock and roll, boys. A little turkey hangover, but I'll get over it. I hate this time of the year. There's nothing, you know, it's also like, you know, it feels like you're cleaning up after the party. You mean after no. Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yes. Well, no, no. I mean, motor racing wise, too. Well, that's true, too. No, but we get to, you know, we get to hear what's coming up for the next season already when we got guys like our guests. Rumor have it, Nick DeFreeze is somewhere at the bottom of the <laughs> Red Bull party uh, still. <laughs> yeah. Tied up. <laughs> Uh, well, let me run down what we got on the show. We're very excited. We have a guest joining us momentarily, Ben Keating, uh, uh, world champ Ben Keating. So I want to. I want to know what he's eating. All right. Well, we'll chat him with him momentarily. We're going to talk. We got lots of F one stories. Believe it or not, we're going to talk about the huge F one season ratings that ESPN announced this week. We're going to talk about uh, some crypto crash stuff in relation to Formula One. We're going to talk a little. Uh, We'll talk a little Coda because there's a couple things going on out there, including some tickets that just got announced. And lots Taylor Swift? No. No, no, yeah. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're easier to get than Taylor Swift. I can guarantee you that. Okay. Uh, yeah, we got a bunch of F1 stories, and what we want to go ahead and bring on our guests. We're very excited to have one of our favorite race drivers, fellow Texan just down the road, Ben Keating. Hey, Ben, welcome to Speed City. Hello, I'm excited to be here with you. Right, buddy. Oh, we're excited to have you, man. You congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was an incredible season. I don't know how uh, it could. Uh, I don't know how the season could have gone any better than it did. Uh, but uh, you know, it it was. Uh, you know, this is the first time uh, in the World Endurance Championship or at Le Mans where I have stayed with the same team in the same car for a second year in a row. And I really think that made a big difference of, uh, you know, really getting to know the car, uh, knowing all the tracks that were there. Uh, but still, uh, even with all of those little things that add up to great things, it, it was still a, a fairy tale type, uh, type season for us. Ben, my favorite thing about you is, the crazy work ethic and schedule that you keep, it's really insane. And it's not, not bad for a 35-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my Wikipedia is wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I started at 35. That's true. <laughs> uh, very first race was at 35. Ah. But, uh, you know, uh, today I'm proud to say that I'm a 51-year-old world champion. <laughs> uh uh, and uh, yeah, the truth is I do uh, work hard at it. You know, it doesn't, you know, I, I, I get the opportunity for my recreation to be uh, uh, racing cars, uh, but my vocation is selling cars. Uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, I end up uh, uh, being in competition I, I, I just have a, a hunger for competition. You know, I, I end up being in, in big competition uh, when I'm at work between all the car dealers that want to, you know, <laughs> beat each for an extra car <laughs> uh, uh, or when I'm out having fun. Uh, and it really motivates me to, you know, uh, uh, to stay fit, whether that is, uh, you know, uh, on the simulator, or on the bicycle or whatever. 
you know, and my favorite way of doing that is uh, is being on a bicycle, just because I think that's the easiest way to simulate uh, the heart rate that you have to have for, you know, three hours at a time. Yeah, you know, I think that's really where the uh, where the mistakes come in. You know, when when you've had a really high heart rate and you're in a in an you know working out in an oven uh, of a <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, after you've done it for a couple hours, that's when you start to make less, uh, you know, less quality judgment calls or decisions. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that ends up being a difference maker at the end of the day, uh, in, you know, in a season or in a 24 hour race. Well, I want to give your your career stats because it's really amazing what you've accomplished, Ben. It's uh, the, so this year, the. 2022 World Endurance Championship in the GTM Series, and you did that with the Aston Martin, the TF Aston Martin team. Incredible. Last year, the 2021 24 Hours Le Mans Runner Up in GTEM, winner of the 2022 12 Hours of Sebring and Salem Six Hours at the Glen, and five-time Michelin Endurance Cup champion 2017 to 19, and GT Daytona in 2021 in LMP2, and this year. Joining the Corvette Racing Team in GTEM, and that's going to be exciting, Ben. I, I, you got to drive it, right? You know what? Wait, wait. I got to, I got to cut him off right there. He's broken the Mopar Brotherhood law. <laughs> what, what is going on, dude? <laughs> I'll tell you what's going on. What's going on is that uh, Chrysler is no longer building the Viper. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you yeah, go. That's okay. the right answer. <laughs> okay, okay. You get the uh, excuse. I, I was able to translate racing a Viper into being the number one volume Viper retailer in the world. And I am incredibly excited to finally be back into uh, a, a brand, uh, racing a brand that I also sell. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, to be able to do it, you know, there are just lots of really special things when it comes to being uh, with Corvette racing, you know, they've, this is their 25th anniversary of, uh, of Corvette racing. Uh, this happens to be the 100th anniversary for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Uh, and so far in the Corvette racing history, you know, they have had all pro lineups, both in IMSA and in the World Endurance Championship. And so, you know, I will, uh, I'll say I'll be the first customer. I'll be the first privateer uh, to race with the Corvette in the GTM category. Uh, and, you know, I'm incredibly excited about it, not only because it's a, it's a special car, it's a special year, uh, uh, it, but, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a really well-performing car. And, uh, you know, it, it's a whole lot more fun to go out there and win than to just go out there and drive around in circles. Well, and you know, Ben, the uh, I love the fact that you are selling him because this the new Z06 is really an insane Corvette for the road, and but the C8 has been running an engine that's basically based on that Z06 engine for a couple of years now, isn't that right? Isn't that the the same basic block? Yes, that yes, that is uh, that is correct, and uh, you know, it's it was I did get to experience it, so you know. Uh, you know, we've already announced that, you know, I'm going to be, so in the GTM category of the World Endurance Championship, 
uh, you have to have so every driver is rated either bronze, silver, gold, or platinum, and you have to have one bronze, one silver, and you can have either a gold or a platinum. And so we've already announced I will be the bronze. Nikki Katzberg will be the platinum driver, uh, the Corvette factory driver. Uh, and so one of the things that we did with the what they call the rookie test day in Bahrain was to test silver drivers uh, to try to figure out who we're going to have in the car there. Uh, but who did you I test? Did one, what the heck is that? I, I, we, we, we haven't uh, finalized the decision yet there, but I did get the opportunity to go out and do a few laps. And so it was really nice because we had all the practice sessions in the Aston Martin, had an eight hour race in the Aston Martin uh, and, you know, did well there in that car. And, you know, I think, you know, now that I've driven the C8R uh, GTE spec race car, uh, I've driven every single GTE spec car except the M8 BMW. Wow. Uh, wow. And, uh, and, you know, I kept on trying to place the Corvette in a category with another car. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been in the Aston Martin for the last two years. Uh, I was in the Porsche RSR before that. Uh, in 2019, I ran the Ford GT at Le Mans. In 2018, I ran the Ferrari at Le Mans. In 2015, I ran the, the Dodge Viper at Le Mans. Uh, <laughs> and I kept on trying to place it into one of those other experiences. Uh, and it was a lot of fun for me. I only did ab about 10 laps. But uh, I, I very quickly realized that the car is just different. I, I'm, you can't pigeonhole it into being, uh, you know, like a Porsche or like a Ferrari, uh, you know, uh, or like a Ford GT, uh, which, you know, all three of those are now mid-engine type race cars. Uh, and then yeah. that's kind of what I get it to be like. But it is so... Uh, uh, extremely well performing. Uh, and, you know, I had a big smile on my face as I'm going around the track. Uh, but I, I still, I left those 10 laps feeling like I've got a lot to learn, you know, uh, which is also really exciting for me. Uh, I, I love, you know, learning how to go fast in a different car. I love a car that, you know, where you, you get the speed out of it differently than you do with something else. Uh, and it just makes it more interesting. So I'm pretty excited about it. Hey, Ben, I got to ask you about another accolade you picked up, which, you know, uh, kind of could have been by the wayside because you drivers always talk about lap times and championships. But <laughs> I think it's pretty special when you get honored as the gentleman of the year for where <laughs> that that's that's pretty special. It was, I, it, you know, it was expected. So, you know, that's the first uh, award ceremony that I've actually been to uh, <laughs> because uh, the other years were marred by COVID. Of course. Uh, I didn't even know that that was an award that they did. Uh, and, and so it was an extra special surprise uh, uh, that, you know, obviously it's just a great honor. Uh, you know, there are a lot of, uh, uh, really great people in that paddock, mm. and there are a 
lot of you know, of you know great gentlemen uh, gentlemen drivers uh, and uh, you know I, I I can think of a lot of people uh, who could have been up on that stage with me but it was quite an honor to be uh, selected as the gentleman of the year uh, and like like I said I mean it was just you know whether if you ask me the most special race or the most special experience I've ever had racing a car it would be this year's 24 hours of Le Mans, uh, where we won without having the fastest car. Uh, and then just to go through with the, the championship and the gentleman of the year, the whole package, the North American Endurance Championship, it's, it was just a special year. You know, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to see this uh, kind of documentary called The Gentleman Driver. Yeah. And I happened to be sitting next to this gentleman <laughs> in the theater when we saw that. It was, That's and not it, bad. <laughs> and I just pointed at it. I was like, that could be you. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, deja vu. Here you go, buddy. That's right. Yeah, they, uh, uh, you know, another really fun, interesting thing is that, uh, you know, I, I was asked to be the subject of a documentary uh, uh, called, uh, uh, you know, another gentleman driver type documentary. Uh, and so we've been filming all year. And so the really fun thing about that is that all of these experiences have been cataloged, uh, have been filmed, and mm. I think it's going to be a really interesting story. Oh, well, come on. Let's plug it. When's it coming out, and where, where can we find it? My guess is uh, it, it won't be out until a year from now. Okay. Uh, so it's a six-episode series. The sixth episode will be this, this coming 24 Hours of Daytona in January. And then they have to edit all of it. You know, right now they're just going around the world selling it to the different networks. I don't know where it will be shown yet in the U.S. Uh, that they won't sell that until the spring. But uh, I, I'll let you know. It, it should be a it should be a good series. All right. And I'm guessing the 24 hours. Sorry, uh, the the 24 hours of Daytona will be your next major race. Is that right? That's correct. And what do you what do you will you be running the Corvette there? No, I wish, <laughs> I, I would, but I, I, I will be in the LMP2, you know, uh, we won the, L, the LMP2 championship in 21. We only ran the four long races last year, uh -huh. uh, which, you know, compromises the Michelin North American Endurance Cup. We won that uh, the, in 22 this year, uh, and I'm going to repeat that again next year with only doing the four long races in the LMP2. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, there's a little bit of drama that went on there. My, my two teammates I've been with for the last couple of years chose to, uh, uh, go with one of my competitors for next season. So, uh, I have, uh, some new teammates and I, I have a lot of motivation to go out there and, uh, and, and whip up on them. There you go. <laughs> I'd be shaking in my boots if I were them. All right, guys. Hey, we need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have a little more with Ben Keating. You're listening to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this. Hey, Ben, we stay live on YouTube for our YouTube followers. So we're still live for those folks. Uh, awesome. Somebody had a comment. TW said... Uh, what do you say? He said, Ben should have a Chevy logo on his shirt. So though I'm a Ford, <laughs> Ford guy, but I told him, I said, Ben's got both dealerships probably. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, golly, I didn't even realize that when I had the shirt on, I have to lift <laughs> up my, you know, where you can't <laughs>
How was the test in Bahrain? It was amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. The car is, uh, like I said, it's just so different. It is, uh, uh, you know, it, with the Porsche or the uh, or the uh, Ferrari, you, know, you really have to keep the RPMs high mm-hmm. because you get that power in the high RPM range. Uh, uh, but with the Corvette, uh, I assume it's just the way they have the turbos uh, tuned but you still have a lot of really good grunt down low. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it really helps to go through the corner uh, with a low gear uh, uh, and, uh, you know, carry the speed through the corner. And uh, it helps to bring in that torque a little bit slower to protect the rear tires uh, a little bit more. It's got a really, really low center of gravity. This is David so Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Through a corner, Welcome back to the uh, fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Corner. Uh, it just takes a little bit of getting used to. All right. Welcome. Uh, welcome back. We uh, were chatting with Ben Keating. We were chatting during the break there. And he was telling us about the uh, the low end grunt of the Corvette. What were you saying? Right. And uh, hey, folks, if you want to hear on you know the the uh, in between discussions on these segments, uh, YouTube's the place to get to catch behind the scenes or in the studio. Hear what we're chatting about. Yeah. Well, Ben, uh, are you a little bit? Are you a Formula One fan at all? I am. Well, good. Uh, we uh, we have a lot of Formula One fans because we do the Formula One pre and post shows on national radio, so we get a lot of people. And uh, TW says, is, do you think uh, Benotto will keep his job at Ferrari? He's asking you. What do you think? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, want I, that I, job? <laughs> do you, well, let me, let, let's put it another yeah. way. Um, ben, like you say, you, you obviously, uh, <laughs> you, you know pl- plenty about team management in terms of your time in motorsport. What, do you think, I mean, Ferrari've got a history of just cutting the head off the, the top top man and hoping for something better. What's the answer to Ferrari's woes? Because they have got a competitive car. They showed that. Uh, they were first, second, and third in the Abu Dhabi Tusks the other day as well. Uh, I don't know if that means anything, but what, what do they need to do to, to get back to winning ways? Well, I mean, uh, Benotto you know, is obviously extremely Italian. Uh, he loves Ferrari. Uh, you know, I feel like those are two things that are prerequisites for that job. Uh, but, you know, the strategy mistakes that they made this year are just unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I was I was delighted to see them, you know, play some play some strategy games with, uh, you know, some decoys over the radio uh, to trick the Red Bull team uh, on the last <laughs> race. But, uh, you know, that one little successful trick does not make a season and they've had a disastrous season from a strategy standpoint and at the top level of motorsport uh it's just not acceptable as far as i'm concerned but they, they so they, there was obviously rumors and they continue to, to go out although we haven't had an official announcement there's a lot of uh stories out this week saying that we'll know by friday and that they've gone back to italy and they'll be announcing it um but vassa's name was mentioned the head of um, alfa uh, alfa romeo but what who who do you think would be what the Italians need? Yeah, I, I don't uh, I, I don't see Vassar uh, in that job either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm not uh, 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 yeah I'm not prepared to name anybody. I haven't thought about <laughs> that. 
But it is. It's one of those. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's, playing. I don't know. It's like playing up front for Real Madrid. I mean, you don't want the job. It's it, you. You. You've got to be Lionel Messi if you want to do that. To use a World Cup uh, uh, sort of analogy. But um, you know, it, it. It really is the the toughest job in motor racing. And and you know, I look back to the Braun days and think, you know, I, maybe because I'm an Englishman, but. You know, I just felt that, that, that they were organized and they knew what they wanted to do and they executed well. They had a brilliant driver and a driver that knew how to give the feedback he wanted. I think they've still they've got a great driver, a brilliant driver in Leclerc. But you could see with the radio contact he was making over the year um, that he was just pleading with them to, to work better with him. Yes. Yeah, hmm. it, it's interesting. You know, I think Leclerc has... You know, uh, he is pleading with them. He is, uh, you know, kind of asking for something different than what they're giving. Uh, and, you know, I'm a pretty big Carlos Sainz fan. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, uh, in my opinion, you know, he hasn't been vocal enough. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, he's, he's been trying, he's, he's tried to be too respectful, I guess I would say. You know, uh, I think he's just trying to be quiet and do his job and, yeah. and, uh, not uh, ruffle any feathers, hmm. but yeah. uh, it's not where they need to be. Yeah, it is a tough, uh, tough job for anybody. And I know we've seen the door open and close for so many different people. I don't, and I don't know what the answer you is. You know, I, I think the idea is Benoto racing Keating, and we'll slip then and know. <laughs> All right. I like that. <laughs> you've, you've been, you've been <laughs> yeah. nominated for the Look job. No, he's already shaking his head. Nope, I can't do it. Nope. Not trading <laughs> the cowboy head off. <laughs> Hey, Ben. No. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, I was reading, I think it was Sports Car 365, that uh, next year may be your last in WEC. Is that true? It, that's what I expect. Uh, you know, never say never. Uh, but, you know, I really love the GTE spec car. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, I, I, I can ramble about this for a while, but uh, I really love the GTE spec. Uh, I really love not having analog brakes. Uh, and so I'm in the LMP2 in IMSA, and I'm in the GTE class or the GTM class in WEC because they both require a bronze driver and they both do not have analog brakes. Uh, and, you know, I feel like, you know, the modern GT3 car. Uh, I mean, I raced it for a long time, and they are incredible machines. But what I call the electronic nannies yeah. end up making everybody pretty close. Uh, and I enjoy uh, having, you know, if not having ABS is the great separator <laughs> between amateur drivers. Uh, it's 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 what makes the difference between a fast lap. Uh, uh, and, and not having a fast lap. And uh, so, you know, in, in it, so this next year, 2023 is the last year for GTE, uh, uh, which is to say it's the last year for the C8R GTE car uh, uh, Corvette, which I'm incredibly excited about, you know, running that car in its last year of uh, having a place to race. Uh, but, uh, you know, I also know that, you know, it is so hard for any series to get the balance of performance right between mm -hmm. cars. Mm -hmm. And you know, I love the World Endurance Championship, their formula of 
you know, they use the pro class from the previous year where they have a full year's worth of data from pros driving to create the balance of performance for the GTM class. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really, really like that because I know what I'm dealing with when I start the year. I know, you know, uh, what I have to work with. Uh, my concern is that as, as hard as that is to get right with only, you know, three or four different manufacturers, you know, when they have GT3 classes out there, uh, you're going to have 10 to 12 different manufacturers, and it's going to be really hard to get that right. And I just have something in my brain. I don't have to win every race for sure, but I, I don't want to be cheated out of a race. I, I, I want to know that I have a fair shot, and I don't think uh, it is you know, realistic uh, to try to control you know, whatever, 20 different customer racing programs uh, who are running GT3 cars. So, you know, I think it's a pretty good time for me to stop traveling so much, enjoy the last year of the GTE class, uh, and then come back and uh, start racing again more in the U.S. Hey, listen, Ben, I, I, this is a bit left field, but I think I, I'd, I'd like to get your insight on this. One of the stories that I was going to discuss tonight, and, and I hadn't thought of asking you this, but I'm going to, um, was everybody's looking towards the 26 rules. Uh, and as you know, Porsche's name was mooted uh, as a potential entry. Audi has already kind Formula of... Formula One. Yeah. yeah, Formula One now. Um, but given that you are in the deep, deep um, middle in WEC of what those manufacturers decide to do... The, the three names that have been mentioned in this article are Ford, Porsche, and Volkswagen. Ford? Ford. Wow. Yeah. So as a potential entry for 26. Now, Red Bull have said new. They have, they have, they have signed up for 26, but they've said new engine supplier. Now, that could be read in a lot of ways, and it could mean that they want to stay in-house with their own powertrain, and the rumor is it could be a tie-up with uh, a Porsche or potentially with Ford. Um, is there any, you know, sort of mutterings going on within WEC, uh, certainly from a Porsche point of view, uh, on what they or Ford might want to do with Formula One at all? So uh, I'll say no. Uh, okay. You know, the there's so much going on right now with the introduction of the hypercar and the LMDH class. Uh, there's so many different manufacturers coming into the top class of World Endurance Championship. Uh, there's been so much testing. This is the very first year uh, for, you know, uh, to, for, for the LMDH cars to come in. You know, that's what all the talk is about. Wow. You know, uh, I, I, you know, we won't have the Porsche teams ready for the 24 hours of Daytona, as an example, in the new Porsche 963 LMDH car, uh, because they don't feel like they're ready. You know, they're, they're still having issues with some of the electrical motors and things like that. Uh, and so that's what all the buzz is about in our series, you know, uh, because I am you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm a Volkswagen dealer. I'm a Ford dealer, and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I I'll go ahead and say I'll be shocked if if Ford comes to Formula One. I just I, I don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. That was my gut. I was like, wow, I, uh, I, that yeah. was that completely out of left field. It, for it me. would be a really really big 
change and, and a, com a commitment. I mean, I, it's <laughs> funny, you know, you only need to watch the last decade of Honda's uh, performance of five years of hell and now what could be five years of glory. Uh, and now they've only got a tiny sticker saying HRC on the side of it. Mm. They're not getting any of the credit, really. Yeah. Um, so, Well, also this I week was the rumor that Honda would invest deeper. Okay. Go ahead, Ben. What I think is that uh, it, you know, in order to be successful in Formula One, you have to hate money. Know how to burn it. Jim Farley, you know, Jim Farley and Bill Ford uh, uh, definitely do not hate money. Nope. Hey, Ben, somebody on uh, YouTube agrees with you. And I was thinking when you said it, they said, uh, I totally, ABS has become stupid good. He talks about how amazing he is on his first car and all that. But that did strike me when you said that because, you know, we, th we see that it's not in Formula One. It's one of the things we see all the time. It's a, there's a lockup. And um, I, I hadn't really thought about it, but that really is a really great delineator between drivers because – not everybody can do that and do everything else you have to do. And you just have to be fully committed to your craft, don't you? Yes. I mean, it's just, it's a big separator. When you have ABS in the modern GT3 cars, not only does it make, it makes everybody a hero going into the brake zone. So <laughs> yeah, you, you push on the pedal like an 800 pound gorilla and let the computer do all the work and it makes you look really good. Uh, uh, but it takes all the bronze drivers and it narrows the field to where everybody's within a second, say, uh, uh, in terms of their braking performance. You know, everybody, everybody can hit the throttle pedal hard uh, in the same way, uh, but the braking is the big separator. Uh, and it also takes all the bronze drivers or the AM drivers and makes them much closer to the pros. Uh, and for, for my time behind the wheel of the LMP2 or the GTE car, I really feel like I have become a much better uh, driver. Uh, you know, still learning my craft a little bit better by not having the electric nannies. <laughs> electric hey, hey, nannies, I like it. I, uh, I told Ryan we wouldn't keep you too long. Have you got time for another segment with us? You bet. All right. All right. Well, let's let's we got some more questions from YouTube. We got lots more. We got some more Formula One stories you want to talk about back after these messages. I'll ask him what he, what he wants right. to talk about. Yeah, Ben, what do you want to talk about? We're still live on YouTube, but what do you want to talk about? So, uh, you know, I think, you know, uh, I would like to just continue to talk about uh, uh, the Corvette good. Uh, 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 in that future. You know, I, I am, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, I think about, uh, you know, I've, in the last five years at Le Mans, uh, I, I've been on the podium in four of the last five years. <laughs> wow. It, and uh, the new C8R uh, uh, has performed well at Le Mans, uh, but they have had disastrous luck in the new car. Uh, and so, you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on myself, but I'm incredibly excited about the idea that, uh, you know, uh, if we could do well in the hundredth anniversary of the 24 hours of audio from the and speakers, we have Corvette racing. Well, we definitely, okay, hold on one sec. Casey, it's not, it's not what we're, it's a commercial. Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry. Duh. All righty. 
All righty, Ben. We well, well, I can tell you're really excited about the Corvettes. I know those old crusty bikers got to be in the way. I'm going to come get it out of your way. Don't worry. <laughs> you can depend on me. <laughs> uh, my son works with a guy. I say works with it. He, he hangs out at the shop, and he drives a Viper ACR pretty Ooh. much as his daily. Ooh. And I'm like, you are – you are a, a glutton for fun or punishment. I can't decide which to which. Both. It's absolutely both. <laughs> I tell you what, one thing, Ben. That I talk about the Corvette, but also I'd be interested to know. Ever since the guy, the guy opposite me is a Corvette nut, <laughs> and uh, you know he was the yes, one that, that, that uh, he was the one that told me just just what it's worth for what you bang for your buck in a supercar. So tell us, as a dealer, just you know what what kind of reaction you oh, that, get to a sixty six thousand dollar yeah Corvette. Hold on, Ben. We're going to come back from the break. Hold on to answer that. Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, <clears throat> Speed City. All right, during the break, Jonathan was asking Ben what was the reaction when the Corvette, the C8, was released. And I think, Jonathan, you said $66,000. Something like that. But I think you could buy one that started with a five if you sticker, right? Ben, wasn't the base price like $59,900, something like that? It was incredibly uh, – I mean, I hate to call it cheap, but for what you're getting, it was cheap. Stunning. Yeah, Yeah, stunning. Bang for the buck, for sure. Uh, it, you know, uh, it is, it's so much car for the money. I, I don't know that you can find, you know, uh, in, in the sports car world, I don't know that you can find more car for your money. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, of course, you know, as I'm making all these decisions to race with Corvette Racing in 2023, you know, uh, uh, of course, I asked them if they, if I could have a spot in their car at Daytona, and that didn't work out. But uh, my next question is, hey, if I if I agree to race with Corvette Racing in 2023 in the World Endurance Championship, do you think I could get more allocation uh, of there cars uh, to help pay for this stuff? Uh, and uh, you know, uh, uh, of course, the answer is that the racing program and the production side of general motors are completely separate and uh, but i still uh, 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 you know right now we have two chevy stores uh we both sell corvette uh, both of them are corvette dealers uh and we have over a three-year waiting list on orders uh and i know that as i travel around the world racing a corvette and talking to these you know fanatical people at the racetracks that are huge Corvette fans, I'm going to be selling more of them. And so uh, (laughs) it is, uh, it's an incredible value. You know, I have not been willing to put one in my garage yet because it doesn't feel right to put one in my garage when we've got a three-year waiting list uh, for customers that, uh, that want to buy them. But uh, you know, it is, you know, it's got such a huge following, but the way they came out with the whole, you know, uh, mid-engine design, a completely different, totally new design of a car, uh, t- you know, to come out at 50 or 60 or, you know, even $70,000, uh, I mean, it's competing with cars that yeah. are, you know, $250,000. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it 
well. It, it, it lines up extremely well uh, in all the performance categories. Uh, and I don't, you know, it, it's hard to say that uh, that's a lot of bang for your buck when you're spending that much money, but it's the truth. It's, I think it's the best value out there. Mm. Top track speed, 194, 2.9, 0 to 60. <laughs> and 64.5 is what they have it down on the official page. Yeah, I mean, that nice. that 2.9, that's with only 495 horsepower. That's right, that's right. Naturally aspirated. This is the base Corvette yeah. yep. at 2.9 because of the mid-engine, basically all the weight right over the back tires or all the traction. Just crazy. Can, can Ben guess at what the race car will give him? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I got to, uh, uh, you know, I only got 10 laps in the car in Bahrain, but, you know, this year at uh, this earlier this year in January at the 24 hours of Daytona, I got the opportunity to uh, be on the JDC Miller team racing mm-hmm. uh, 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 the Cadillac DPI mm-hmm. cars. Wow. Uh, years at Daytona, I, I've been, in two different cars for that particular race. Uh, and so I got to do it in the LMP2, but also in the Cadillac DPI. And, you know, I, I was so amazed by the Cadillac DPI uh, traction control specifically. You know, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the LMP2 car, when you're driving around Daytona, you go around the International Horseshoe mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I think I'm going through there as fast as you can go through there. And I, it's hard for me. It, it was always hard for me to understand how those Cadillac DPI cars could just rocket around the outside faster than I could. <laughs> uh, and then I got in the car to go out and they said, we're going to give you 30 minutes to do a long run to get to know the car. And after I did three laps, they called me in. They said, Ben, are you modulating the throttle as you go around turn three and i said yes and they said no that's not how you drive this car as soon as you know that you can get the front end of the apex you go full throttle and let the traction control do everything else wow Uh, and it it was so amazing because in most cars when you feel the traction you know when the traction control comes in you really feel it it slows you down and you know uh, you can feel it pulling the torque out of the engine you can't feel it in that car. It just, it, you feel like it's shooting you out of a rocket. Uh, <laughs> and I'm hopeful that the Corvette is the same way. At least that's what I'm expecting. <laughs> you know, I, I'm hoping that that technology transfers over into the GT car. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, like I said earlier, I, I, I only got 10 laps. I still feel like I have a lot to learn. Uh, you know, I was too low of a gear in almost every corner. Uh, I needed to be up a gear uh, to be able to carry the uh, minimum speed uh, through the corner better. It's got such a low center of gravity. The minimum speed you're able to carry around a corner in the Corvette C8R is just bonkers. Uh, (laughs) Really nice. You know, there's, we've seen all these different cars. We've seen, you know, comes to mind, you know, Godzilla, the Nissan GTR, where they went all wheel drive. Can you imagine what this Corvette would do if they went all-wheel drive through some You may have your wish granted, sir. The rumor, of course, since the C8 was released, the rumor was that there was going to be a, th- you know, the Z06 is out now, but the, that there would be a, I don't know if it's going to be a ZR1 or whatever it is, that there'll be a 1,000 horsepower all-wheel drive because they're going to 
do what they've been about? doing in the back of the car <laughs> and then add electric motors to the front of the car. Is that the rumor, Ben, that you've heard too? I haven't heard it, but but I'll be in line to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? Ben, I've got a story here that we promised we would talk about tonight. And then because you're an amazing businessman as well as an amazing race car driver, I wanted to ask you about this. Early in the year, Jonathan and I picked up on this, maybe even at the end of last year, about all the crypto companies diving into Formula One and and sponsoring Formula One. And like what you said about money earlier, Formula One, but <laughs> eight of the Formula One deal, uh, teams have deals with crypto companies. Formula One itself has a big deal with crypto.com. Yeah, well, yeah. And then, of course, Miami Miami is is sponsored. They're their title sponsor for the whole Grand Prix. And so now that we've got this massive crash going on, Zach Brown was actually quoted as saying the situation with the FTX situation certainly seems to be a complete mess. Um, what do you think about how this could affect not just Formula One, but I know they're sponsoring other motorsports as well. Yes, I mean, I, yeah, I went to the Super Bowl this year at the Crypto.com uh, yeah. stadium. You know, uh, in in L.A., I think it was. Uh, 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 but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good uh, uh, that's a pretty good you know example of uh, 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 people that hate money. <laughs> uh, uh, the, you know, uh, but what I'll say is that, you know, uh, whether it I mean, I, I'm trying to think back uh, uh, to uh, previous <laughs> situations that have happened like this but it seems to happen in motorsports uh uh you know about i don't know once every 10 or 15 years uh, uh that you know i think makes me think of what was it rich media yeah, uh, rich, uh, energy. They, yeah rich energy rich energy yep rich energy that's right uh, uh you know and uh you know uh, you know i i don't know i i understand the whole crypto deal I don't own any of it uh, because I'm not comfortable with it. Uh, uh, but you know, you can look at all the sponsorships of the uh, you know Super Bowl or the television commercials or Formula One or whatever, and you have to ask yourself. I mean, that stuff costs so much money, and you got to ask yourself where that money is coming from. You know, uh, it, it is. Uh, you know, I, I don't exactly understand how those, you know, uh, uh, cryptocurrency exchanges are making money, <laughs> you know, uh, and maybe they're uh, not. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. All I can see is that they're spending it hand over yeah. fist. How yeah. many how many uh, Corvettes have they bought with it from you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ben, here's a here's a good response from Zach Brown of McLaren. He said. I, I kind of liken it to the internet when it got started. You had a lot of internet companies, lots didn't make it. Then companies like Amazon came out pretty good. And I lived through that. I was in technology when that happened. And I think that's a pretty darn good analogy because there was this rush. People were paying a million dollars for a domain name. I mean, there was, <laughs> and we were right here in the thick of it here in Austin. I mean, right. I had I had companies like, like Garden.com was buying just hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of gear from my company at the time. And they went nowhere. They just, they, in fact, they just took, they took VC money and it all evaporated. And I think that we could easily see either a consolidation or just a, and, and this is so different because it's, it, because it is uh, not 
tangible. So I, I don't know, Ben. I, I'm with you. I have I have not even dabbled in crypto yet. I've looked into it. I do understand it. I understand blockchain, but I have not I've not dived in. Well, guys, we need to take our last break. Let's get that sneak that in. When we come back, we'll have more with Ben Keating. Back after these messages. All right, we're still live on YouTube and Facebook for the map. Hey, last speaking of Facebook, uh, Paul Bryan's on there, and he yeah. said he said that he uh, he's one of the five yeah. people that's ben driven. And, yeah, Ben and Paul Bryan has driven what one of the Z06s, the new Z06. Yep. Well, you better ask Ben if he's still going to do the whole show with us now. Well, he, he I figured he's come this far. We've only got about ten minutes left. You okay, Ben? I'm good. He's this is, hey, it's and... fascinating talking to you, man. It really is. Because it, it, it's an interesting angle. You, you, you come from a very interesting point of view, um, given your time in the sport. Well, the thing I like is, without a doubt, you have the motorsports you know, saviness, but you've also got the industrial portion from the showroom side. Mm. Obviously, yeah. you know, what are your 30, around 30 dealerships? 28. Yeah. 28. Closing in on it. There's still That's time. Right. There's... You know, four weeks left for the year. Hey, we had a couple more questions on YouTube. Um, RP Marriott at Mantle Dynamics says, Hi, hydrogen. How much we got, Casey? He said, Hydrogen's on the way. Any rumors? I think we're a little far out with hydrogen. I don't know. Burning it is not nearly as efficient as using fuel cells. So we'll see what about that. All righty. Yeah. Here we go. Hydrogen car. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Uh, uh, Welcome back to the uh, fastest hour in radio, Speed City. uh, All right, welcome back, everybody. Hey, Ben, sorry to interrupt you. You're just bringing us back on the radio. You were talking about possibly hydrogen in in WEC. I know WEC has been fantastic about all different kinds of technology, right? They have been, but yeah, they did an exhibition lap last year uh, around the track in a hydrogen powered prototype car. But, you know, whether it is electric vehicles or hydrogen, uh, uh, we're a long way from doing a 24 hour race uh, uh, with with something like that, that will be, you know, competitive uh, on what I'll just call a short pit stop. Yeah, I think we're away from it. Yeah, I do too. I think that hydrogen is is not. I mean, it's so there's so many challenges with putting it in in automobiles. You know, from the tank to the range yep. to there's there's lots and lots. I've I've looked into it. Hey guys, there's one story that I definitely want to. I promised everybody we would talk about, and that is the incredible ESPN television ratings mm. that came out this past week because. They are stunning, and I'm going to read some of the highlights here, and I want to get your take, Ben, because um, there's new records all across the board. 2022 averaged 1.2 million viewers this year across all the ESPN, ESPN2, and ABC, and making it a 28% increase over last year. 28%. I mean, that's the level of growth. But listen to these. Female viewership is up 34% over last year, and women now make up 28% of the – that, that is the line I picked up on, is that 30% of our Formula One audience, let's basically to give us give or take, are females. I, right, and well, I, I know how this on. happened because it, I have... It's cool. It's, it's what, Ben? It's super simple. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all due to the Netflix series. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Absolutely. All, all of it's it, a, you're right. And those good-looking gentlemen drivers of the year. That's what I was going to say. My, my, <laughs> my daughter and my wife... 
My daughter was walking through the room, and we had the Netflix series on, and she kind of glanced, and then she sat on the sofa, and they showed all these young drivers. And she and I you said, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my 22-year-old daughter who lives in Austin was like, Dad, will you take me to the Formula One race? Yeah. That's hot. And, you know, I know I live in Victoria, uh, and, and, you know, I know ladies here, you know, uh, normal stay-at-home mom you know, uh, uh, ladies uh, that are now rabid Formula One fans because yep. uh, of the show. Uh, I think it's awesome. I, I think that, you know, I don't know if Liberty Media uh, exactly what all they had to do with that or if they saw it coming, uh, but you know, to purchase the series uh, and then to pull it off, you know, pull off a, a Netflix series that, you uh, increases viewership that much was uh you know uh, pulling a rabbit out of a hat for sure well let's see what happens after they figure out dana ricardo isn't racing next year <laughs> <laughs> yeah well hey here's some more stats too um 29 increase in viewers between the ages of 18 and 49 that is such a coveted audience no matter what you're selling and i want to ask ben about corvettes but get this age 12 to 17 increased 50 percent the largest across all the key demographics 18 to 34, up 43%. Uh, it, it Just across the board, and all those coveted, mar uh, those segments of that, just incredible. And qualifying, get this, up 17% year on year. So, hey, hey, Ben, what about the, I think of Corvette being an older, mainly because of the price of the car. But, you know, I know that I was young and stupid and spent way too much money on cars, including a Corvette when I was in my 20s. <laughs> are, you seeing, uh, are you seeing any increase in uh, the, the young demographic in Corvette market? Uh, I'll say a little bit. It's still a pretty older market, uh, uh, you know, mostly uh, you know, because they can afford it. But then also a lot of them are nostalgia, nostalgic about, you know, the good old days, if you will. Uh, of yeah. wanting one time and and you know at least from the people that i know that are in that you know uh, high school and college age bracket you know those guys that are really interested in formula one to me that's mostly coming out of gaming mm. that's coming out uh, it, you know uh, uh, sim racing uh esports uh, they're all, you know, gamers that are used to, uh, you know, racing on Forza or a set of Corsa or iRacing or whatever. Uh, and, you know, I, I, the people that I see in that demographic uh, are really getting into the, uh, the racing, uh, the esports side of things mm -hmm. and that's drawing them into Formula One. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that. Hey, here's a question. Actually, just a comment from Brian on YouTube. He says, compare that to Indy's 3% ratings growth. I mean, 3%, Ouch. that's just... Noids. I mean, that's just... That's really not even keeping up. But I don't know that's what... That's right. I don't know what IndyCar is going to do. I mean, every, every series, Ben, talks about having their own version of the Netflix. MotoGP tried it, and it was a complete disaster. But... Well, but, you know, yeah. I mean, talking about the youth, you laughed at the one story I had. There's the youth clothing. retailer yeah. Pack Sun, you know, is clothing for youth. That's that's why I don't know who they are. But anyway, <laughs> they've joined forces it's in a multi-year Yeah, thanks. <laughs> they've joined forces in a multi-year partnership to debut their merchandise collection at the uh 
big festival in California tying to Formula One. Mm. And that's what we're going to have to get used to, guys. We're all, uh, including Ben, we're all a similar age here, and we're going to have to get used to some uh, advertising that we don't know what the heck they're talking about <laughs> because they're aiming for that younger demographic. But just a, a footnote on some of those those stats that you gave out um, with the younger profile especially. I mean, you've got to remember that the Formula One has only embraced uh, social media <laughs> For the last what four or five years, no, yeah, no more. Since yeah. it was, out. you know, yeah. And I agree yeah. with Ben. I mean, I think that culture has now clashed, which is the gaming culture, the E series, the the racing sim 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 people um, of that demographic, the vogue that, that the women so love, which is it's now you know it's it's the hip thing, Formula One. So I better learn about it, uh, and it's got all the sexiness, glamour, jewelry money you know all the things that attract mm-hmm. me it, it, it may as well be you know the cover of vogue because it, it it's getting that way we see uh, jack crawford in austin monthly in uh, texas monthly this week uh, this 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 month in november you yeah know, that's right. suddenly we're starting to see more and more i don't know if ben would would agree in his world but that that you know suddenly it's it's cool again to be in racing yeah and you know something interesting that i also think is really interesting is that you know, these people are not just saying I'm a Formula One fan, but they're saying, you know, I'm a Carlos Sainz fan or mm-hmm. I'm a Charles Leclerc fan or, you know, I, I love Max Verstappen or, you know, they are choosing individuals out of the Drive to Survive series yeah. that they are connecting with. Uh, and, you know, they, at least from my perspective, I see them being drawn to individuals more than just the racing, which I think is interesting, you know, uh, they're tuning into the racing, not because they want to, mm-hmm. you know, watch a fun race, but they want to see what happens to their guy. Yeah. I, I think you're exactly right. I all think right. That all right. that's well, what Netflix has done. I mean, look at NASCAR, look at, I mean, all the, the major sports, the personalities are a part of it. And, and Netflix has brought that out in spades. Well, you know, and right. all of that, to me, has grown. It's spread. It's not just mainstream. It's you know, I'll say the mainstream is a lot wider now for it. Uh, when I was traveling here in the fall, I was in a small place and wound up hearing a Formula One conversation at the next table. You know, Ben, I bet you've been to Ramsey's there in Victoria. You think they talk <laughs> there about it? Uh, I'm sure it's happened before. <laughs> Not you know, there's not much talked about at, at Ramsey's, but uh, <laughs> I don't know Ramsey's, but that's an interesting. Uh, I a, guess you can always tell your daughter you, you know diner. you beat Mister Mister McDreamy on on his day at Le Mans. Well, hey, hey, looks like Ben is about out of time. I know we're we've got just less than a minute left in the show. Ben, is there anything you want to get out there? You can throw out a car website, whatever you want to do. To, to we really appreciate you coming on. No, I, I, I'm, I love being on, uh, I, I love talking about this stuff, whether it is from the manufacturer side or the racing side. Uh, uh, I just, I, I enjoy getting to, uh, <laughs> spend an hour uh, of my Sunday night with you guys talking about it. There you go. Love huh. it. Well, well, congratulations again. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. What a year. And, and good luck at Daytona. We'll yeah, be watching January 29th. I'm guessing. Hey. Uh, January, that sounds about right. <laughs> Heck, there's not much else going on at that point. We'll, we'll, we'll find you. All right, Ben, thanks a lot, with my friend. Thank you so much. We appreciate everything. We appreciate you coming on. You have a good uh, good rest of your evening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Congratulations. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. 
And we will talk to you next Sunday night. Same bat time, same bat channel. Talk to you then. Happy trails. All righty.